Here we go, hour three already on a great day for talk radio. Man, they don't come any better than this. You can almost just capture this and let me live with it for another six months or so, and then spring will be here. Uh, I'm getting tired of winter. Of course, it seems like it's a ways off with 28 degrees registering right now, and with the Humidex, we're in the mid-30s, so it's one of those inordinately pleasant afternoons here in the fall. And uh, we're only, you know... Eight days away from the legalization of pot. We're going to talk about that a little later in the hour, whether or not all the ducks are in a row. It seems there are interesting developments on a daily basis now that you might have thought would have been considered well in advance of the legalization. Like, uh, how about police forces and their members? And we heard from the chief earlier today that he's planning a 28-day prohibition or restriction on his members using pot. Uh, 28 days may sound excessive to others. It may be signaling that he wants effectively or practically speaking zero tolerance, but I'm not even sure how they would enforce that. I'm not even sure how enforcement would work in general, in practical reasons on the road. I know they've got 240 province-wide officers. This is municipal, uh, the RCMP in certain precincts, as well as the OPP. That's a total, 240 that would do the field sobriety tests, 833 across the country just doesn't seem like it's appropriate given the scale of the rollout that we're anticipating and we are anticipating a significant rollout i mean there are companies now that are saying they can't meet the anticipated demand and the premier who was on with us in hour two uh he was saying that this is something they'll have to tweak on the fly there are a lot of audibles going to be called at the line if i can use a football analogy but all in all the enforcement thing is one that has me kind of Curious, and we'll speak to uh, that issue, as I say, at the bottom of the hour. There's another story of enforcement, though, that has me also wondering and bewildered if, in fact, we're ceding too much of our privacy. It seems every other week we're talking about a concern here, there, and everywhere with new technology. In the United States, right now, uh, people who are traveling there, you may have noticed their uh, roadside speed signs. But according to one report, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency plans to expand its efforts to track license plates around the country by embedding recognition technology inside digital displays that indicate the speed at which a vehicle is traveling. We see them everywhere. I see them in my neighborhood, actually. But this is in the States. They're embedded now with recognition technology that tracks you. How do you like them apples if you're from... Out of the country, obviously, or even if you're a United States citizen, but nonetheless, you would still be tracked as a Canadian traveling stateside. What are the implications? Let's find out. Our friend Ann Kavukian has joined us on the line. She's a distinguished expert in residence, Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University. And, of course, we also know her as the three-term privacy commissioner here in the province of Ontario. And how are you today? John, a pleasure. Very well. And you? Likewise, thank you. And so this latest installment of seeding our privacy, whether we we know it or not, they say it's done surreptitiously now with this embedded technology. Uh, Should we be concerned? I I think it's appalling. First of all, people don't know it's taking place. There's no notice. There's no transparency. There's certainly no consent. And the whole point of those devices is to alert you uh, to the speed you're going to so that you can tell if you're, you know, going above the speed limit, you can slow down. That was the intention of these. Now they're embedding the ability to track your license plate. So theoretically, this is a tracking device. It will be engaged in surveillance. They'll know exactly when you were, at what time of day, at what intersection, and they can follow you around. I mean, it's appalling. That was never the intention. 
And yet here it is. It's their country. They have sovereignty and we can't complain if we want to drive. What recourse do we have? Well, precisely. So we have no recourse, but at least we can alert people to the fact that your license plate is being captured at these um, installations. And all you can do is know about it. Unfortunately, you can't say, no, I didn't consent to it. No one notified me. Nothing like that. So the only thing you can do is be alerted to what's going on. What I'm curious about is where is the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties Union, on things like this? I mean, uh, they should be right front and center arguing against this. And, uh, you know, John, I'm sure they will be. As you know, our wonderful Canadian Civil Liberties Association, CCLA, is already all over this. And they're alerting people to the concerns. So I'm sure the ACLU will be right behind it. They just have so many issues to deal with right now already. And I'm guessing it's just, you know, one too many at this stage, but I'm sure they'll be all over it. Well, you know, I mean, here in this country, we obviously have a a concern with the police sometimes using the same technology to uh, just read a license plate and then your whole profile comes up, whether you're the owner of the vehicle and so on and so forth. They call it the CPIC, I believe. Uh, But that's legal, isn't it? Well, as long as the police are using it in an authorized manner, and, you know, they have authority to do a number of things. But I always suggest that anytime you use these devices, if you're doing it without a warrant, whatever information you collect should be encrypted, meaning that unless you have probable cause and it can be used properly in a court of law, you can't gain access to it. That is a provisional measure that will protect privacy. It, it seems, and we talk about this uh, all too frequently, you and I, that there <laughs> there seem to be all these developments that crop up, and uh, unwittingly, we're just going about our business, but uh, we are being data-farmed on a daily basis, it seems to me. Would you concur? Oh, I do concur. As much as I hate to, and I'm the eternal optimist that we will find remedies and work around this, but right now, we are in surveillance mode, and there's no question we're being tracked. Again, with Ann Kavukian, three-time privacy commissioner in the province of Ontario. I see where yesterday, I guess, uh, Facebook, uh, oh. <laughs> they released a, a smart speaker. I've seen the ads on TV where the granny uh, gets the delivery box, and uh, she opens it up, and it says, just say, call home. And she yeah. does. She prompts it, and there's her family, you know, who can't come to visit, but they're all smiling uh-huh. and waving at her. Right. And it's, you know, tugs at the heartstrings, but... Uh, there are some nefarious things at play here, aren't there? Oh, absolutely. And that I've seen that commercial, and it does. It tugs at your heart. You're so happy for the grandmother. She can connect with her children. And the thing is, if she has full transparency as to what's happening with the data, then I'm fine with it. But that rarely happens. And now with Facebook introducing this portal device, it drives me crazy. It's an AI camera that follows users around the room automatically, Zooming in and out on those of the frame when in a video chat. Are you kidding me? Do you have any idea what Facebook's going to do with this information? Look at all the recent debacles. One yesterday, one with Cambridge Analytica a few months ago. And you know what disturbed me the most on this? When you go online to look at it, it says private by design, which is like my privacy by design, right? Mm. And they say, oh, they're going to protect the data and have all these safeguards and you don't have to worry about it. So my response to Facebook was, Oh, you're going to do privacy by design? Come to me and get certified. I offer privacy by design certification now. Trust but verify. Who the heck's going to believe Facebook is doing this? They're going to need to have this substantiated. If it's real, I would go in with KPMG and look under the hood and make sure 
that we do an assessment that truly demonstrates they're doing all these protective measures. But shall we bet on it? You think they're going to call me for certification? No. <laughs> but, you know, they also uh, would maintain that you can decide as the consumer to accept a video call or not on your portal. Is that adequate enough protection? Or do you think that, uh, well, first of all, do you think that's adequate? The reason I don't think it's adequate is they're making all these claims that they're doing all these privacy protective measures by design. So they're saying we are offering the highest level of privacy, the highest standard possible. Now, I understand how appealing that would be to people, but the reason you have to look under the hood and make sure they're delivering on their promises is because they've broken their promises in the past. So we have to base this on performance, and their performance in privacy has been abominable. Well, I'm just curious how then these uh, things even make it to market without these questions being addressed or these concerns. I think they're just um, hoping that people will be attracted to, enamored by this amazing technology. And the example you gave of that commercial with the grandmother saying, you know, connect me with my family, just speaking to Alexa or something. And there's her family. And she's so happy and it warms your heart. You see commercials like that and people will, you know, cast their suspicions to the, to the air. And they say, oh, but this is so nice. I can connect with my family. I can connect with all these things. What they don't realize is when something goes wrong, like identity theft, or it gets in the hands of all these third-party providers, that's when you always have to be aware of the unintended consequences of these technologies. Trust but verify. Yeah, well, they say uh, that these devices don't monitor or keep the contents of video calls, which are encrypted to ensure security. But even then, you're not confident that they're going to uh, be above board with this. Exactly. I would be delighted if it did all those things. That's why I really would like to go in and certify them for privacy by design and substantiate the claims they're making. That's what we have to do. All right. Again, they say you can disable the camera and microphone with a single tap. <laughs> with a single tap of a ball-peen hammer. That's... <laughs> You know, and finally, Anne, I've got to ask you, because there has been a story about uh, Canada, you know, we're smug in our complacency here that we wouldn't be susceptible to, say, interference from foreign mischief makers uh, on the election front. And uh, the United States obviously going through paroxysms here of whether the Russians infiltrated the last time around to do the bidding of Donald Trump or any other part. A former Russian troll working in that St. Petersburg, Russia troll farm suggested Canada's equally a target. Uh, How would we be able to recognize that? Because some of the arguments being made is uh, they do it in a very subtle and very uh, devious way that you wouldn't even recognize that they're placing uh, stories or ads on Facebook and Twitter. How could these things ever be verified or flagged? They can't be verified. And the point is, why wouldn't we be a target? I mean, to suggest that we are somehow above this is nonsense. So if you had to make an assumption, I would assume, of course, we'd be a target. And we have to concern ourselves with this. That's what our government should be doing, try to prevent these things and elevate the kind of security measures we have in place. Well, as an end user, though, uh, you know, basically, we consume the information that's fed through these different portals and... uh, I guess, you know, we're just taking it as an article of faith or a giant leap that uh, everything is kosher that's being fed to us. I don't think we can make that leap. Certainly not yet. And so trust but verify. Always check out whatever you're doing. Don't give out any additional personal information than you need to. Just make sure you know your data is as protected as you can make it. 
All right. Well, Ann Kavukian, it's always great to get updated on this file. As I say all too frequently, we talk about privacy breaches and hacks and compromised security. And uh, we'll wait for the next installment because we always look forward to talking to you. (laughs) It's always a pleasure, John. Thank you so much, Ann. Thank you. There you go. Ann Kavukian, Distinguished Expert in Residence, Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University, three-term Privacy Commissioner here in the province of Ontario. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.